The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. And here we go. Thank you for tuning in to the inaugural The Schmo Zone Podcast. I guess the hat's out of the bag. My name is Dave Schmolenson. My co-host is Helen Yee Sports. What's up? Wait, why did you tell everyone your last name too? You should have told them it's Dave the Schmo. Because now they're going to Google it. They're going to find out where we live. Some people are already Googling it Thanks. and they're finding it all out and the cat's out of the bag now, Helen. This is really weird though. I, I must say, I mean, it's cool and it's weird because it's cool so everyone can see what I appreciate, right? Which is not only the schmo, but Dave as well. But um, going to work with you and you're not wearing your glasses, you don't even remind me like, hey, you know, are my glasses in the camera bag? Like you're just... This is you. Feels like, pretty we're, weird. we're at work. Yeah, it feels kind of naked, right? Does feel naked, but I could be my normal self. This is what you see going into these interviews. A lot right. of these athletes see after the interviews that are meeting me for the first time. But we wanted to create this podcast so we can give everybody that behind-the-scenes look at covering sports through heart and hustle. Because that's what we're made of, Helen. And that's how we found each other, by covering our favorite sports, combat sports, Boxing, MMA, UFC, Bellator, any organization showing up, doing these things and doing them our way and being different. And, yeah. and that's why we're here. Creating our own way. So people are probably wondering, too, like, oh, were they dating? Are they dating? Whatever. So I guess, you know, they know now. Yeah. So they, they can stop uh, commenting and trying to ask me if we are. Yeah. Well, you know. We do read some of those comments. I don't get trapped in it. If you are someone who comments, I appreciate it. Whether you hate the schmo, love the schmo, I appreciate you talking about the schmo. I only created the schmo, and I'll get into it over time. I'm not going to give you everything because I want you to tune in every single week. We're going to do at least one of these a week, right, Helen? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Every I'm, Tuesday it drops. Every Tuesday it drops. We'll always have guests. How we're going to do this is I'm going to interview all the athletes, all the pros as the schmo, and then we're going to sit back and we're going to talk about it, dissect it, talk about what it's like getting in character, getting out of character, what those moments were like, because we just came back from Miami, right, Helen? Yeah, and not only that, but because you mentioned behind the scenes, uh, you'll get a behind-the-scenes look at even our traveling, what it's like for us to travel, and that story, because we have a fun story about, uh, remember the guy who broke the overhead bin when we were, we yeah. took that red-eye to Miami, or oh. Fort Lauderdale, actually? You know, I, I like to think of our lives, my life before you were in it, and now that we've been in each other's lives for over yeah. a year now, it's one ongoing comedic routine. There's always some funny business that happens, whether you are in character as the schmo or we're just being ourselves. I think you're referring to the guy that literally had the backpack when he was getting off the airplane. Yeah. And he it, was opening, he tried the but, overhead bin, and he just completely shattered it and walked, walked yeah, away. Yeah, literally the bin. But here's the thing. So didn't he walk before us to walk out? And then we were like, where'd that guy go, right? So do you think they had him pay for it? So let, let's give the audience a little backstory behind okay. it first. So we are traveling to Miami. This is on our flight Fort there. Fort Lauderdale. We, we rent a car, too. We rented mm -hmm. a car. So we were traveling towards Miami. We flew into Fort Lauderdale so we could go to American Top Team, interview all the UFC fighters a day before we made our way to Super Bowl Radio Row in Miami, renting yes. a car. So on that flight from Vegas to Fort Lauderdale, the guy who was sitting in front of us had this massive backpack, 
He took it out from the overhead bin, put it over his shoulders. As he was walking out, I guess a strap got caught on the uh, no, the he, bin. Yeah, and he, he yanked it, and it pulled the entire bin. Yeah, the opener down. Bin came off, and it it almost hit me. Did you see that? I did not see that. Yeah, it almost hit me. I was like, "What the hell is this flying?" Right, but he was also that guy that took out the neck pillow, and I've never seen this in my life—a neck pillow that you uh, connected to the back of the seat. Yeah, and, and, and it's supposed, it's supposed to, to hold your hold head your still? head in place. But except his cool. head was not held in place. I think his chin was <laughs> halfway down his chest <laughs> it was by funny. midflight. But hey. Um, yeah, that was we a funny. We made it mo- safe. Yeah, yeah. But you made it sound like it was a lot funnier than it really no, was. But it, it's those type of stories. Because here's the thing: I don't think I'm funny at all. But it's those stories where you have to be there, and it's funny when you witness it. But what's funny is I just couldn't believe because I've never seen an overhead bin like rip off of a plane before. I just like, want to know if the airline's making the passenger pay for it or not. That's that's and what how, I want to know. How much do they cost? Yeah, that's a good question. That's definitely a good question. But let's talk a little bit about what we're doing here and why we're doing it here. We had awesome guests that we just interviewed in Miami. Dana White speaks for itself. He's helped the Schmo character grow to prominence for his reaction. A lot of people think that I'm related to Dana White or knew Dana yeah, you're, White. You're his nephew. I'm his nephew. I've read. People. Yeah. Well, uh, that would be nice. So but, you could clear the so air. So I could clear the air. No, uh, my father practiced dentistry for 30 plus years and then created his own business as an inventor, did his own thing. My mom is a contact sales rep selling contacts they have zero connection in sports so everything is that i've created here and i know you've created has been through hard and hustle i like to think that there's nobody who wants it more than us and you know i'll get into the schmo character and how it came about over time but just so you know I created the character because nobody gave me, Dave Schmolenson, a chance to be a broadcaster. Just another decent-looking white guy. Probably look like I'm 22. And the, you know, the glasses well, helped me look when, like when I'm I older. When I first met you, I thought you were like 23, Yeah, right? you know, it's good. I'd, like, I'd rather, who is this guy? I'd rather look younger than looking like I'm turning 30 next month. You know what I'm saying? That's True. just the way it is. Um, so I created this character because nobody gave me a chance. And I tried for years to be in traditional sports broadcasting, you know. The USA Today's NBC Sports, Fox Sports, I guess, yeah, I did try for that too. Uh, NFL Network, I've tried the traditional route for years, and nobody gave me a chance. And finally, in my mid-20s, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do it myself. And I just figured out a way and went through a lot of sleepless nights and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and had no money behind my name nothing behind my name and just i was passionate and i just knew that no one was going to work harder than me and no one wanted it more than me and i created the character because of those reasons yeah i mean but speaking of that and i'm sure a lot of people want to know as well and only because we've been together way before april before i guess quote everyone right at least in the combat sports space uh, really got a chance to know who the schmo is. Um, everything's been kind of night and day, right? Like it flipped to 180 when April happened, right? Definitely. You know, that was the first viral moment for me. I just think that I, I'm the same guy. I was the same schmo. Wait. I've been doing the schmo character since 2016. Nothing's different. I get better as I go on every single time, right? I get more of involved course. into the character. But, you know, I'm just a goofy, weird guy, and I've been doing impressions since my childhood, growing up in the suburbs of Chicago. You honor the legends, the Second City legends, the John Belushi's, the Chris Farley's, the Mike Myers. Those are the guys I really looked up to in comedy. And then Harry Carey, the broadcaster in Chicago, the big frames, legend. Look up to him. There's just a lot of influence from where I grew up. But I do remember that day. It was UFC 236. I wasn't able to make it out to Atlanta, though. But, I mean, of course, you know, like I mentioned, we were dating a bit way uh, before that. At that moment, you sent me a text and you said, I did it. You know, I I asked my question. But what was going on through your mind, right? Yeah, well, basically, when I found out that the UFC was doing that big press conference, um, you know, where they would have all the fighters there. We found out two weeks before, three weeks before. I'm like, 
I need this moment. What people don't realize is <laughs> I was very close to pulling the plug on the Schmo character. Yeah. I was run out of funds. I was running opportunities. I've always believed in it. I just needed other people to see this character and see what I'm doing. Because here's the thing about the character. Only person getting hurt is myself. The joke's always on the schmo. You know, we're not making fun of anybody else except ourselves. And I think sports desperately need change. They've needed change for a long time. The same traditional model of, oh, you know, he went two for four. He hit a home run. He struck out. It's, it's overplayed. And, mm-hmm. oh, you just won the Super Bowl. How does it feel? How does it feel? Yeah, we know it feels good. Like, give us some sure. new information. I think the younger audience, I personally want to see the personalities. You know, not every athlete can have a great personality. Not everyone's going to be like a Mike Perry, who's just going to be over top of Yoel Romero, <laughs> who just went viral the other day for us. No, not everyone's going to be like that, but everybody has got a little weirdness to them. Everybody's got a little fun side to them, and I'll just do whatever it takes to bring that out. Well, you do so, a great job. Uh, well, thank you. So back to April. Yeah, I texted you. I did it because I got the last question. I did it in character. I did it exactly how I needed to do it. I got the reaction from Dana that, hey, I didn't know what to expect. I I figure, hey, this is either going to go great or I'm going to be kicked out and banned from every UFC event from here on out. Yeah, because I remember, uh, I think I was going to a drive-thru about to order food. And I I just, like, on Twitter, you know, in the (laughs) search after you told me I did it. And I saw some people, like... uh, Posting, oh, who's this schmo guy, right? So in that search, I type in the schmo just to see, like, what auto-populates. Yes, I do some of that. But, um, and then all this stuff came up. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm proud of you. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that, Helen. And I'm proud of you and everything that you've accomplished, that we've accomplished, that we're going to accomplish. Because we're just getting started. And this podcast can go in a million different directions. Especially with the people we bring on, you know, they're going to be obviously sports enthusiasts, but we're going to have on comedians. Yeah. We could have on anybody, you know, I don't want to give away literally two hints, but we anybody. can literally have on anybody and we're going to talk about interesting stuff. Uh, we're going to explore, you know, kind of like my thought process, like before we play the Dana White and the Max Crosby interviews, I'm going to kind of give you a 4-1 breakdown of how I do this character stuff and why I do it, what I'm thinking, the improv, on-the-fly stuff that I like to do. But, um, yeah, I, my ultimate goal with this character is just to create positivity, wake up every day, talk sports, and make people laugh, and just give people that sports information in a different way. Open people's eyes up that, hey, you know what? The world isn't just black and white. You don't have to do things vanilla because people tell you exactly. to do things vanilla. You know, there's, you give only one life, you're right, life is what you make it, and if I can encourage anybody throughout my time on earth to go out there and do what makes them happy, figure that out, if you have a goal, if you have ambition, find it, focus, and don't let anybody say no, hinder you from moving forward, and sometimes it's... It's the best thing to do is to take a step backwards or step sideways in order to take two steps forward. You know, um, my 20s have been super humbling for my life. Like, I've gone through a lot to get here, and I wouldn't have changed it for anything. And I'm so happy that we're together, and I'm so happy for the future to come. Yeah, I mean, you know, well said, but like me too. Like, there's a tattoo before I started removing it for sessions. <laughs> but on my forearm, people are probably like, uh, why would you get a tattoo there anyway? But it says, if I can't find a path, I'll make my own. I got that tattoo when I was going through a hard time in my life, right? During that time, I think early 20s, when people are always like, who am I? You know, what What do I do? Do I need to go do X, Y, and Z? Is everything you know, like step one, two, three, like, is there uh, a quote proper path in life, right? But ultimately, like you just mentioned, I mean, you can always create your own path, right? There's no set rules. But even the days creating my show, Eyes on the Game, it was, you know, driving 11 hours in the middle of the night to go to a fighter's camp or whatnot. And uh, sleeping in my car, even those stories that people may not even know about us. Yeah, no, and, and that's what I 
attracted me to you from the get-go is you were always showing up and willing to put in the work. And people can say, oh, I'm going to do this. I want to do this and everything. I don't say. I do. You don't say. Me too. You do. Yeah. And actions speak louder than words. Who's going to be the first one in the building, the last one out of the building? Who wants it the most? Who's going to wait hours for an interview, drive 11 hours to a Jackson Wink? Yeah. You know, that's what you've done before. Yeah, thank you to Jackson Wink MMA for allowing me to go there and um, welcoming me with open arms. So, Hey. It's but there, there's many, you know, nights like that or sleepless nights. Even I'll admit it, like crying because you're like, can I do it? Can I do this? Can I make money living yeah. off like nothing? It, it, I firmly believe if you're the best at what you do in life, money will come. Like if yeah. you can just figure it out what it is that you're good at, you know, take as many opportunities as you can. Uh, for any job, rather, so you can eliminate the things that you don't want to do, right? That's that's yeah. what our 20s are for, I would think. And then find out exactly what it is that you enjoy and that you're good at and put all your energy into it. If you want it, if you want it, you can make it happen. Exactly. Or if you're not good at it, like when I first started, I hated talking. Hated, right? Yeah. I mumbled a lot. Um, and I so probably am not pro like i'm not that great at talking but i'm just always trying to get better i created my own sports radio show because of trying to conquer my fear of speaking so even if you're not great at something and but it's still something you desire to do keep working hard at it you know because hard work also can um like help out with some lack of talent if that makes sense yeah right Oh, you may definitely. you may need to work a bit harder, like I do, but nothing it is comes what it easy. Is. Nothing yeah. comes easy. I mean, uh, Habib isn't what twenty eight and zero because he was just born with great talent. The guy just works, and he works yeah. hard, and he continues to work hard every single day. Yeah, it goes about his well, business the right way. Speaking of working hard, like you mentioned, we were at Super Bowl. In Miami this past weekend, you were working really hard. I mean, there were some people, and I have to add, like, if you, because I'm with you basically at every event or almost every event, right? So many people, like, came up to you, and they were just kind of handing you, like, handing these uh, ad read things to you and expecting you to do it. Like, how do you handle those situations where you get bombarded with people just asking for favors like out of the blue or like pushing someone to you like a you know random painter and being like oh interview this person interview that person it's funny too because i have to balance when i'm in character and when i'm not in character when those glasses are on i'm completely in character and i'm not gonna sacrifice the integrity of anything just because i feel flustered or i'm annoyed with something or whatnot but we're all human beings and uh, I would consider it uh, first world problems, right? Uh, yeah. No, it's a good thing. It's a good problem to have, especially when you go from a couple of years ago, no one know, knowing you existed and, you know, this is what you're fighting for. But um, look, I treat people the way I want to be treated, regardless if I want to do something or not. You always have my respect until you give me a reason to lose my respect. And um, it's funny because, you know, People have this mentality of, oh, that guy's famous or that guy has this or this guy's, uh, you know, and they might not even know who I am, but people are talking about who I am. So they just want to hop on the bandwagon and get that situation. But it kind of makes it tricky when people in the journalism industry are looking at you. Hey, can you do this favor for me? Do that favor for for you and uh, for my kid or for what, you know, whatever it is. I generally do it. I generally always do do it with a smile. I take a photo for anyone. I respect that. Thank you. It's only if somebody's disrespectful or if they're asking me to do something that, hey, they're about to make money off of my name. And I recognize that. And that comes with just experience coming from being used and abused for for many, many occasions. But um, you, you, if you could look at someone's eyes and you can hear the cadence in their voice and you can hear the sincerity and their tone, um, you generally have a good feel of what direction to go with it. So, yeah, sometimes it's difficult to balance and whatnot, especially if I'm floating in and out between being myself and being the schmo character. But, um, you know, I'd rather, much rather have that problem than no one recognizing me at all. 
True. But I mean, it's like you have to have that switch on right away. Then you forget everything else. Right. Yeah. It's like two lives oh, or two personalities. You know, it's I've always been good at improv, you know, yeah. kind of like you, you. Are. my my when I was a kid, I was shot. I, I cared so much what other people thought about me until I was 15 years old. Like I literally just, you know, what am I wearing? Is this cool? How do I do my hair? Yeah. All that. I cared way too much what other people think about you or about me. And the thing is, you can't care what other people think about you. The who cares least holds the most power in any social environment. In any social environment. That's my little cue for anybody listening. The who, hold, the who cares least holds all the power in any social environment. That, it really is. That's why I go in there with no fear. Anymore. Yeah. Go there with no fear. We, we're all human beings. We're all exactly. human beings. We all put our pants on one leg at a time. My dad loves to say that. So uh, it's just, you know, it's just having the self-belief and the confidence and going out there and doing it. But going back to Super Bowl, hell of a time doing Radio Row now. So much fun. Four or five years now yeah. doing this. Uh, it's it's amazing. It's amazing because, you know, it's uh, how do you differentiate between the stations? There's so many radio stations sitting there. Some are live and sometimes sometimes they're just waiting for the athletes. If I'm an athlete and I'm being thrown through the car wash every 15 minutes, you're only going to get the same question like, what, 15, 20 times yeah. in that first half of the, the shift you're doing and, and the first three hours of the morning? Exactly. But your Yoel interview, that went viral pretty quick. 300,000 views well, and what? Well, like transition. Well, how, how does that happen, right? Well, we go to Radio Row. We're not sitting inside like the radio stuff. We do stuff on video and on camera. How many of those guys there are actually going to go to UFC 248 and watch Yoel Romero fight? How many of those guys actually are part of the MMA media? So whatever they're going to ask them is not going to be what we're going to ask them. And, you know, he's probably just Yoel. Go back to this Yoel Romero. He's got to be ecstatic for one. I'm talking a lot different than everybody he just talked to. Two, I know everything about this guy, MMA, which... Adds to the character, too, by the way. It's like some people, just because I'm talking weird doesn't mean I don't know what the heck I'm talking about. Yeah, BS. Like, look, I could be Dave Schmolton and be the best ESPN reporter, in my opinion. That's just the confidence I have in myself. That's just the abilities. I could be myself and be a damn good ESPN reporter. But that's not the case here. You play the cards you're dealt. Your situation is your situation. You make the most of it. So... I'm playing this character. I'm loud. I'm rambunctious, and I'm doing something different for him. And it was a perfect storm to get him in that environment at Super Bowl Radio Row. And then I had to get him after you, and he was trying to teach me how to salsa dance, which I actually expected you to kind of intervene. Helen, I I needed some help here. Anyone who's watching or listening, this girl needs to learn how to dance. I mean, I I can hold my own, but I ain't no dance teacher. I know what I'm good at, and I know what I suck at. I can't teach you that, but you really suck at dancing. No, but here's some further proof. And I did put a disclaimer before I posted that Yoel interview. Like, look, some people said I got two left feet, whatever that means. I got duck feet. They're huge. It's true. People used to say I have duck feet or fins, which is why I was fast at swimming. But yeah, remember when we went to your uh, friend's wedding and then I could not dance. It's almost I just, embarrassing oh doing gosh. a slow I dance like with you, Helen. Break out. I break out in sweats. It's yeah. We'll, we'll save that for okay. another episode. But let's continue with yeah. the Super Bowl theme because at Radio Row You're we right. had Yoel Romero, but we also had the first guest of the Schmozone podcast. Of first course. two guests we have Max Crosby, the stud rookie defensive end for the Las now Las Vegas, Vegas Raiders. Raiders, had ten sacks. Had 10 sacks, had a great season. I mean, that team could use as much great star defensive power after trading Khalil Mack to my Chicago Bears a couple seasons ago. Great kid. We talked to him, and then we talked to Dana White. Of course. I mean, it was only fitting to have Dana be the first guest as well. Of course. And even though it was a lot shorter of an interview than... Yeah, either Schmo kind of like, would have done, Helen mm-hmm. would have done. I mean, he was just literally going through the car wash, going round after round after round. Yeah, because after I was like, dang, I, I want to know about Korean Zombie. Uh, there, about There's so many things Zabit. we could have asked him about mm-hmm. and want to ask him about, but we were limited. And plus, it was the 
first inaugural Schmozone podcast. I think Dana had no idea, Helen, that you were going to be on with me. I know. I'm sorry. But it's okay. It was totally fine. So uh, we just caught him out of left field, asked him some rapid-fire questions. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, I know Dana likes the Schmo character, but a, you you think he likes me better than the Schmo character. You said that before. Yeah, I mean, we we could ask Sana right now, but yeah, I, I you think, think he so. Likes, he doesn't like the character. And here's the thing. A lot of fighters love you, and this is my observation just through, you know, what I've seen and being around you. Fighters love you, but not only do they love the schmo, but they also love you. They love Dave, you know, which is why I'm ecstatic that the fans, even though I love the schmo, of course, but the fans get to see you and for who you are. Like, this it's, is fu- it's actually kind of funny, too, because I've read stuff where people think I'm on the spectrum that, like, I'm not all there or, like, I've uh, taken this from something or they want to compare it to something. <laughs> like, yeah. I-, I mean, think whatever you want. Say whatever you want. Uh, but as long as I can make you laugh, I'm happy. You know, that's what it comes yes. down to. Um, yeah, I-, I-, I studied the legends of the past and I've created a modern version of it especially when you grow up in such a passionate sports city like chicago the chicago sports fans nothing like it that that means we kind of grew up opposite because i grew up in in las vegas which i love of course and especially now it's becoming that hot sports city but growing up i remember being eight or nine years old and and I was a swimmer at the time so i was you know just wanting to like i love sports and everything but Everyone around me told me that Vegas would never have a major league team. So I didn't know what that was like. So now I'm like, okay, I'm starting to understand now. Like, wow, we have a freaking stadium. This is awesome. The Golden Knights, right? But back then, like, I never knew. I I was told, hey, if you want to go to a major league town, you got to move. Well, hey, that's why I love that we're here in Las Vegas, the fastest growing sports city in the world. I just think we're in the Mecca Right time, right place. Love being here. And, you know, we'll get to more to that. And then let's go back real quick because I'm tend to go on tangents. I I brought, I created this one here. Dana White. Yes. We're going to, we're about to play that interview, but let's dissect this a little bit. Let's dissect the situation. It's mid afternoon. He had probably done at least 30, 40 stations. He, he made his rounds. He was, he was going everywhere by that point. We catch him at, Radio Row, uh, mm-hmm. we we stepped outside the the row of radio people, <laughs> yeah. like outside those. Get a Las right? Vegas Where backdrop. Was, we got yeah. a Las Vegas backdrop, appropriate, right? Because we're course. gonna have the NFL draft Raiders here. Stadium. Raiders Stadium. Uh, Raiders. Tom Brady. Tom I'm Brady. Just kidding. Uh, well, Dana White, huge NFL football fan, um, and radio has always been great to Dana White too. Like they're the only ones who would actually interview him at the onset of the UFC stuff and give. This this product, this amazing product, MMA, the fastest yeah. growing sport in the world, the due diligence, the time, they they were so respectful for him now from for that for Dana then. He returns the favor now. He doesn't have to go on all these local shows and and you know, different parts of the country. He doesn't need to do that. He could just go on the national shows, the big networks and say it. But he makes the time. Yeah, He's I, rewarding I the people him. that were there from him in the onset and nothing but respect for of that. Of course. Dana's awesome. So, yeah, but anyway, so we were prepping and um, could only have time to ask a few questions, questions. right? So I will say, though, or should I say it after we play the interview? Because let's 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 give the let's give the audience an opportunity to hear this interview. And then maybe we'll dissect the Max Crosby one more for the before. Yeah, because it's a football player. True. And actually, I started doing the Schmo character with NFL NBA athletes first. Way before I got Fun into fact. MMA and boxing. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll be good to dissect the football guy, especially a young guy like that. And then let's dissect the Dana after we interview him. So with that, we're going to kick it to our guy who's working the board op. And I'm blanking on the name. Travis. Travis I'm sorry, man. I apologize. It's the first time. You should have had me say it. I should have done it. Travis, I won't make that mistake again. Uh, let's play the Dana White. This is the Schmozone Podcast. We're joined by the boss man, Dana White, and Helen Yee Sports. Boss man, you've been making your rounds here at Super Bowl 54 Radio Row. How you doing? I'm good. You know, I love this. I've been doing this for a long time. Um, 
I love the energy here, and I actually love doing radio. You know, when we first started the UFC, uh, nobody would cover us, but a lot of radio would cover us. So I've been doing radio for 20 years. Last time the Schmo saw you, it was at UFC 246. A lot of talk about the new Allegiant Stadium. How important is it for the UFC to be the first sporting event at the new stadium outside of the game of football? I don't think there's a, it's ever important for us to be the first uh, MMA or combat sport to do something. Um, but when we do go and when we go with the, with the right fight, it's always going to be big. If the right fight was today, who would be fighting? McGregor. Yeah. You know, you got to look at McGregor Khabib. That would be the right fight. Now, we're five weeks out from UFC 248. Earlier today, Jared Cannonier called out Kelvin Gastelum. Is that the fight to make? Um, I don't know. I, listen, that's a good fight. It's a great fight. I know we have plans right now uh, for him, but I don't know what they are off the top of my head. Yeah. For Cannonier. At the top of the heavyweight division, it's Steep A and DC. We're waiting on Steep A to recover from the eye injury. Is there a timetable? The Schmoes talked to guys like Francis Nganu. We talked to Curtis Blades earlier. They're upset that there's a lack of movement at the top. <laughs> there's a lack of movement at the top. The guy's hurt. What do you, what do you want us to do? Um, and Blades just fought. Um, yeah. First of all, Steep A came out of a nasty war with, with Cormier. Um, he, you know, when he's recovered, you know, obviously what we want to do is the rematch. Cormier is saying that Stipe has the power to retire him. If Stipe doesn't want to take that fight, then Cormier is going to retire. So we'll see how this thing plays out. Who would you like to see Alex Volkanovsky defend his title against? Uh, Holloway. <laughs> how, how soon? Very. <laughs> Very soon. But we're, we're working on that right now, too. I don't have dates for that yet either, though. What about Brian Ortega? Any update on him? We just saw him last week. Yeah, we're just waiting for him to heal up, and uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll figure out something for him, too. Deshmo recently talked to a guy like Dustin Poirier. He's getting beefy. For a guy like him at his point in his career, do you want someone like that to take the best fight available? It doesn't matter the weight class, or do you want to see him sticking in that lightweight division? I don't know. I mean... It, that's really up to them. When, 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 they, uh, when they start to get older and it gets tougher to make that weight, it's up to them to decide, you know, what they think is next for them in their career. Amanda Nunez, if her next fight is at bantamweight, what's the future of the featherweight division for females in the UFC? Listen, she wants to keep defending that title. So um, she is the female GOAT, man, and, and uh, you know, the greatest female to ever do it. I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever she wants to do. What about the future of the featherweight division, though? I'd say it's in her hands. Gotcha. Final message for all the UFC fans out there worldwide, boss man. Uh, I'm excited for 2020. You know, we got some fun fights coming up. This Dominic Reyes fight next weekend. I think the problem with this fight is the general public doesn't understand what a tough fight this really is for John Jones. This kid is young, he's fast, he's got knockout power in both hands, and if Jones gets through this fight, I mean, I don't even, does he go to heavyweight, does he, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out, but he's got to get through next Saturday, which is not going to be an easy task. I am very excited, obviously, Habib, you know, I think that thing already sold out, I think Habib and Tony is sold out. Sold out. Brooklyn, <clears throat> April 18th. All the fights that we have out there right now are killing it. They're all selling out. And uh, I'm excited for Whaley Zhang versus Joanna Yon Jacek, two gangsters who do not like each other. I'm excited for that fight. Usman and, um, Usman and Masvidal got into it here at Super Bowl. Those two are going to fight International Fight Week in Vegas. Um, you know, we, we got nothing but fun stuff coming up. Edwards and Woodley, the list goes on and on. The Schmo can't wait to be a part of it. He's the pro. Dana White, the boss, man. The Schmo's own podcast. Hell and ye, we're out. So? Nice outfit. Hey, <laughs> hey, the Ferris Bueller, Chicago. Inspired look. Yes, but we add the turtleneck to it. So some rapid fire with Dana White, Helen. Yeah. Well, I must say, though, and because I just noticed how in the beginning I was kind of glancing, like looking at the camera, right? Because... I I needed to make sure, and this is kind of the behind-the-scenes look, right? What people want to see or hear, the behind-the-scenes. 
to make sure that the camera was re recording. So I was like trying to look for the red dot. Yeah, and I was actually looking down a couple of times to make sure that we both weren't wearing our credentials oh, so yeah. they could see actually Dave True. Schmolenson right there on the lanyard. Uh, exactly. So, you know, just little different things where a two-human team, you know, where other people have multiple people. Oh, there's a sound guy, sound gal. There's uh, lighting. There's A everything. videographer. No, An we, editor. we do it all. Yeah, we do yeah. it all. We book, we write, we, we do everything. Yeah. <laughs> we travel, do our own research, own produce, everything, edit, host, obviously, but make our own choices. So let's 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 dissect that real quick there. So yeah. obviously, I'm trying to get as much out of him as possible in the quickest amount of time, yet coming off in the most sincere way. Like, okay, I want to break some stuff, and but as a fan first, I want to get the most important information out there. Well, of course, and. I feel you did a great job. I mean, for myself, I feel like, ugh, like, I, I did not sound good. Like, I sounded like I was reading something or whatever, but I think at the moment I was just, I don't know, off day. But anyway, so I You were fine. You were good. You, it's just like, mm. think of the situation, though, too. So it's I, there's one mic. I'm holding it back and forth. We're, we're crammed in there. No, we have limited time. We have people saying, okay, this amount of time, true, this amount of time. Yeah, in the background. We're, but trying to, we're trying to get as much out as possible. Exactly. And we, we have a million things we want to bring up. Exactly. I mean, speaking of the million things, just like when... <laughs> I'm just laughing so at the Max Holloway because he like kind of chuckled, right? And then and I was like, soon, but I was like, I could have clarified it. But I also um, wanted to ask about, of course, the B korean zombie yeah. you know get more of a the date, featherweight but... division and even in bellator too the featherweight division of Bell bellator right now is amazing it's stacked that's why they're doing their grand prix tournament thing the featherweight division in the ufc it's amazing what's it going is. on the, brian ortega korean zombie zabit uh Holloway, Volkanovski, yeah. like the guys at the top are so skilled and so good I yeah. mean, there's so much we can ask on that. What I got out of it, too, though, is what I wanted to find out, what I've talked to some of these fighters about, literally, the future of the female featherweight division. Yeah, that, that was a great Amanda question. Amanda Nunez. Like, yes. if she does not fight in that division in the next two fights, like, two times she can fight, we're, uh, let's say the next six to eight months, like, does that mean the featherweight division's over? The experiment is over with in the UFC? That's a great question. I mean that that was that's, a great that's question. What I, that's what I get out of it. That's what I get out of it. And, and um, also the Stipe, Stipe thing. I was just about like, to say what's that. Going what's going on with you him? Know, Stipe Miocic, if he doesn't fight DC, which you know there's no commitment here on a date, is it possible that Stipe could retire? I'm just saying what 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 he if his injury does not get back to where it needs to be, Stipe may never fight again, yeah. and that's okay. That's okay. And an eye injury. It's an eye injury. It's oh your vision. Oh my gosh! Like it's like um, you need that to drive a car or a fire truck in his situation. Exactly. I hope he's okay though. Me too. I I, I think about his family. I think about his daughter. Yeah. His wife first and foremost. But when I hear of eye injuries too, I mean, even like uh, Michael Bisping. And that guy was doing it with one eye for so long. Oh my gosh, so much respect to him. It's that that and that's the thing. That's why I love covering the sport too. Me too. It's mixed martial arts, the respect. It's like there's such a level of respect. Even after you go to war with someone, you expect to meet them at the center of the octagon, win, lose, or draw, whatever it is, and your hand gets either raised or it doesn't get raised, and then you hug it out with the guy or gal mm -hmm. across from you. Yeah, that's what it's like when it's all said and done. Yeah. And that's what I respect about it. But and, and I just, the way I see it going down, uh, if McGregor fights Habib again, I can see them inevitably at one point or another shaking hands in the center of the octagon. Yeah, I could see that. But first, let's talk Habib and Tony, right? Before we, we well, get to... Well, I said if they fight yeah. again. I ain't overlooking Tony Ferguson, and I'm still waiting to train with him in Big Bear. I really am. I've actually texted him, and I'm going to try yeah. to set this up at least one day. Um, and that's the other thing, too, is I, I wish I was a professional athlete. I'm just doing the next best thing, and I'm talking about sports. Um, 
you know, that's all on me, and I and I live it. But I I, I do triathlons, or I did. I did a half Ironman. Um, I'll probably do another one, maybe a full one before forty. That's the goal. But um, yeah, I I, I want to do at least a day up in Big Bear, and, and if you I actually do, if train I with puke them. my guts out, I puke my oh, guts please out. N- Please no, not in front of me. Let's see what the guy's made of, or what's he'll make me see what I'm made of. You know, if he's true, let's let's figure it out. But I do love how you actually get in there and train with athletes. And I have read some comments that when you're training, people assume like, "Oh, is the schmo a fighter or something?" Right? I I have read those comments before. That's I, that's, I appreciate that. That's humbling. But um, uh, you know, it's. I, I said it earlier, I'll probably say it a bunch of times, the more you listen, we're all human beings, like, we live one yeah. life, why not? What do you have to lose? But we are, you and I both, we do uh, exercise, like, work out hard, right? Like, I'm getting back uh, into uh, swimming, uh, thanks to your support. I, and and Helen, uh, that's your goal, and we can hold you account about, accountable on here, is the first episode, the first podcast. You yeah. will work hard to train for the Olympic trials. 2024, 2024, not 2020. 2024. 2024. She needs the four years. But yeah. Absolutely. Of course. But I still get pissed because I'm so very competitive inside. You'll and like there. when I time myself, I get so mad at it's, myself. Hey, but you, baby steps. You got to yeah. crawl before you walk. And same thing for me, too. It's uh, same same thing. No no excuses. Every, my, I firmly believe as long as you sweat every day, I don't care if it's yoga, if it's hitting pads, if it's working out, weight training, doesn't matter. Um, even long walking, fast paced walking, as long as you sweat every single day, do something active. That's what it's all about. Like an active lifestyle. That's what draws me to sports to begin with is just a healthy, active way of learning all the lessons you need to learn in life to win, lose, build relationships, face, um, adversity, you know, whatever you need to do. But, so, yeah. yeah. But speaking back uh, on the Dana interview, the question about the Raiders and who he would, you know, yeah, want to see fight, like, that was a good question. Yeah. Oh, uh, Conor McGregor, the cash cow, and Habib, that would, that's who he wants. That's yeah. his perfect scenario. That's, from a business standpoint, that is the perfect scenario. Yeah, Raider Stadium's looking amazing. Yeah. And, People compare it to the Star Wars yeah, thing, right? Yeah, and rightfully so, and rightfully so. So, you know, that was more rapid fire, fire with Dana. If we have yeah. him on, the, when we have him on the podcast yes, again. in studio. Maybe it's in studio. Maybe it's just like this. Maybe it's us talking like this. We'll have him on for a longer time. I guarantee yes. that. And we could sit down and really go through the nitty gritty. But in that situation, and that's the thing that makes our job so fun too, Helen, for everyone out there, you know, tuning in. It's that, you know, the pressure. It's that we're on the spot. You exactly. have to work on the fly. You have to do it in the moment, in the moment. And we don't, we are our own bosses, right? If if yeah. we don't actually perform, we don't put food on the tables. I feel that way. But I live for the pressure, and I think being a former athlete and or I guess current athlete again, and you also being an athlete yourself, it's like we live for that pressure, and I do a bit better under pressure. Hey, I love it. Um, there's a, a firm line there's a separation between stress and pressure i mean sometimes it's easy for me to feel both of those (laughs) but if you can figure out which one's which and deal with the pressure well obviously stress you don't want that at all you don't want to deal with stress at all you don't want stress at all but with pressure honing it in and just working hard that's the best way to go and um to add to that about doing things on the fly and interviews on the fly. I think a lot of people don't may not know that some of our interviews are actually on the fly. Like we may not even know we're about to interview this person and we see them, we run into them like, Hey, let's make it happen. And and that is the perfect segue to our next guest, Max Crosby, the star defense, rookie defensive end for the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes. Playing his rookie season in Oakland, the last year of the Oakland Raiders. Uh, we just saw his publicist, and she ironically had. I got the email two weeks before that they were going to be there. I've worked with that agency, that PR agency that they reference in the video. They've been good to me since I started the schmo and was doing it back in 2016 with NFL football players. So he's a young kid. He's a Midwest guy from Michigan. We get him on the spot. He's he's a redhead guy, right? Red-haired guy. 
strawberry blonde strawberry blonde right here guy yeah anyways you could tell with that big type of teddy bear look he had a good he's personality cool, yeah. he had a cool personality so what's up max what's up max with two x's we'll have him on again we'll yeah. definitely have him on again so he was a cool cat uh we sat there we chopped it up i did the character he had never seen me before or met me before i assume and we chopped it up we asked him the questions you ask him the tom brady question well and to preface the tom brady question it's because as you know i'm always scrolling through twitter right i know it's what i do on my downtime just kidding but so I'm scrolling through, and so many people keep posting these rumors, right, that like, oh, did Tom Brady buy a house here in Vegas or whatnot? Whether he did or didn't, um, it was further speculated a few weeks ago when Tom Brady was here for UFC, was it 246 with McGregor, yes. right? And, you know, they saw him talking to uh, Mark Davis, so it was just all these rumors, so of course... I mean, I felt inclined to just have having to bring it up, whether I believe or don't believe these so-called rumors about if Tom did buy a house here. I don't know. Some people say he didn't, you know, so but I just felt like, hey, right now the Tom Brady talks is kind of like, you know. Yeah, and you are a Las Vegas native, so yeah. you have the interest, a sports enthusiast. Of course. So. Why not? So we get him, we sit him down, we talk to him, and my approach as the schmo with Max Crosby is, okay, well, we're going to be covering the Raiders. Um, he's going to see this character, probably see, the, the schmo might even appear in the locker rooms, who knows, after a game, and so if, they, if, if they get a win, you know, and just interview him in the moment. When if he's they get, the get game a ball, win. When they get a win. They will get they'll wins. Get a win. They'll get home wins. So um, I'm just... Stretching questions, making it ridiculous, changing the cadence of the voice because him being from the Midwest, I can tell that he'll appreciate this goofy, weird humor. And um, I just messed with it. You know, I took out my hand at one point. Hey, where are you on the mitt? Which is a typical oh, yeah, that was Michigan fun. thing. Yeah. Um, he was a good guy. He rolled with the punches. Uh, we didn't ask him too crazy, much no. of crazy questions. You know, it's a difference, too, in the level of athletes that we interview if they're, like, in a, in a team sports league like the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball. They're the team sports. They have publicists. They have uh, PR managers that kind of help them mm -hmm. deal with the pesky media. And they give the best answers. Like, you can't fault them. They're doing the right thing. Yeah. But when you have them more in a, you know... Um, Covering more of a sport where it's one on one, you're only because yeah. your next fight. Like you need to market yourself, and there's so many. Um, everyone's an individual. It's hard to for anyone to say a message to an individual. It all happens so fast. You just got to be ready and on your toes, and that's what I appreciate the most of interviewing fighters is you get the real side of them, no matter True. the situation. But do you think we should roll the uh, interview? Let, let's roll the interview with Max because he was he was down to earth. He was real and he was a lot of fun. Max Crosby, Las Vegas Raiders. Welcome to the Schmo Zone. We are live from Radio Row. I'm joined by Helen Yee Sports and Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders sensational rookie, number 98, Max Crosby, fourth round pick out of Eastern Michigan. Just finished up a great season, 10 sacks. How we doing? Hey, I'm doing excellent. How you doing? Schmo is living a good life. Helen, how you doing? Doing great. Even better now that Max is joining us and in Las Vegas because that's where we're based. That's right, man. You're getting high praise lately. Guys like Howie Long, they got high expectations from you, man. Could you have had a better rookie season? Um, yeah, you know, I feel like I could you know, improve in many ways. But, uh, you know, I feel like it's a good start and, you know, the future is very bright. Speaking of bright, the bright lights were on you early. You started off having the hard knocks camp, and then there's the Antonio Brown saga. Did that derail the morale of the team in any way, shape, or form, Max? You're a rookie coming in. I know you didn't expect that coming out of Michigan. Uh, no, I wouldn't say so. Uh, you know, uh, we didn't really, you know, see him all the time. So it was just, you know, we were focused on what we had to do. And, you know, he was dealing with whatever he was dealing with. So, um, yeah, you know, it's a business. So we were just locked in, ready to win some football games. Really quickly, where are you located in the state of Michigan? I'm putting up my mitt. <laughs> right here. Right there in the corner. What do you got from Helen? Well, first off, what do you think of Las Vegas? They made it official just the other day, Las Vegas Raiders. And I saw you uh, make a post on your Instagram with Floyd Mayweather. 
who's Mr. Vegas. So how do you feel about the city so far? I love Vegas. Um, I was there for like five days. Um, I got to yeah meet Floyd Mayweather, which is like surreal. Um, yeah, the city's insane. You know, it's always going 24/7. So you know, that's my my type of energy. So I, I love it, and uh, I, I can't wait to you know finally get moved in. Did Floyd give you any tips though about the city? Um, no, we haven't had that many you know that deep of a conversation yet. But uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Definitely the guy to know. Now, you were in a lame duck situation with Oakland. Was that kind of hard with the fan base? Did you kind of feel like they kind of lost interest at all during the season at all? Or were the guys checked out for Las Vegas? What was that dynamic like? Because it's unique. Um, I wouldn't say so. You know, Oakland's just the fans are amazing. So um, they're so diehard that they just, you know, they care so much about the team. And, you know, they definitely weren't ready for us to leave. And, you know, we lost that last game in Oakland. So it was like a terrible feeling but uh you know we're ready you know we're ready to move to vegas i know the oakland fans are going to come with us i know fans from la and all around the world are going to be there so um you know they have a lot to look forward to the traffic on the 15 is going to be crazy so many people commuting from california to las vegas you yourself are probably driving up house rates right now you get your house in uh, las vegas right now uh yes i just uh just bought my first house so yeah it's uh, it's an exciting time for sure well, speaking of houses, I know you guys love your quarterback, Derek Carr. He signed a huge contract, but obviously a lot of rumors I'm sure you've heard as well with Tom Brady. Even most recently yesterday, there's rumors he reportedly bought a house in Las Vegas. What do you make of all this Tom Brady talk? Honestly, I really haven't been paying attention. You know, Derek Carr is our quarterback. Um, you know, he's a great quarterback. So uh, we're definitely expecting him to be the guy, but... Honestly, whatever, I honestly haven't really been paying attention. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's all I can really say. Who are the veterans on the team that you kind of look up to that took you under your wing for your first season? Um, you know, as far as the D-line, you know, like guys like Jonathan Hankins, Deion Jordan, um, you know, uh, Derek Card, offense, defense, all the older guys, you know, they, they look out for us. Um, that's the one thing that's special about our team is that, uh, you know, the guys really care. You know, they're not trying to you know, out the rookies and not, you know, not look out for us. So um, that's that's why I think this team's going to be special. And, um, you know, for years to come, it's going to be something something to look forward to. Do you have the Raiders mantra memorized by now? The autumn wind is a pirate. I do not have the whole thing <laughs> memorized. Maybe in your sophomore season, you can figure that out. That's a great, great tune. The Schmo was singing it all day, nonstop. When the wind changed, when the season changed, it's something you should know. A lot of Las Vegas fans would get behind that. I think you're right. I think I need to, you know, get in, you know, get in the lab and study it and get it down for sure. Who do you think's the best defensive player in the NFL right now? Someone that you're like, this sophomore season, I'm going to be better than that guy. I look up to this guy. Um, I would say there's, a, there's so many guys. But I would, if I had to pick one, it would probably be Aaron Donald. Um, there's nobody that can block him, so... Yeah, watching a guy like him just being unblockable, that's what I, you know, that's what I try to be. Comparisons to Jared Allen, fair or foul? To sorry, sorry. For you to Jared Allen. Um, I would say fair. Um, Jared Allen's great. Um, you know, I'm a white DN, so obviously he's going to, you know, any white DN of success gets compared to another white guy. So I'm used to it. Um, but, yeah, no, he's one of my favorite players growing up. So, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a special, you know. Comparison. He's strong on the ranch, too. You know, he's good with the, the bull riding. Hey, but what do you think about the new stadium? A lot of people are, are kind of comparing it to Star Wars or saying it reminds them of that. Yeah, it's, they call it the Death Star, but I, I understand now when I finally got to see it. You know, it's all black. It looks like a spaceship. It's crazy. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be insane. When it's all said and done, do you believe you will be the sack leader all time in the Raiders organization? Uh, yeah, you know, that's that's definitely what I strive for. You know, I want to be defensive player of the year, you know, so I got so much room to grow and that's what, you know, the offseason's for. So I got a lot of work to do, but that's definitely uh, one of the things that I, I want to do. Which parties are you attending here in South Beach? It's Super Bowl week, Miami. Give me the lowdown. You know, our agency had a nice little party last night. So, uh, yeah, you know, we were out. Um, and, you know, there's there's a lot of, lot of different things you can do in Miami. So we'll see. I don't even know yet. And for those not aware, which agency is that? 
Wasserman Agency. Shout out Alexis. Shout out CJ in the back. You know what I mean? Great home in Los Angeles. What do you got, Helen? Oh, I was just going to ask him his drink of choice at the parties. Uh, I would say lemonade. Good answer. Yeah. Final message for all your fans out there for Raiders Nation tuning in. Raider Nation, I love you. It's about to be a huge year. 2020. 2020, that's Max spelled with two X's. Crosby, 10 sacks. Look out, Raiders. A steal in the fourth round in the 2019 draft. Oh, one last question, by the way. What's the first conversation like with Coach John Gruden and GM Mike Mayock? Because Gruden's an animated guy. Definitely. You know, the first time I talked to him, he was just, all he talked about was you need to sack Rivers, you need to sack Mahomes, and that was, that's all I needed to hear. You know, he's all energy, so I love it. So who do you have to sack this upcoming season that you haven't sacked already? Ooh, I got to sack Mahomes. I haven't got him yet, which is, you know, disappointing, but I got to get him and Baker Mayfield and Tom Brady and on and on and on. They always say Baker Mayfield. Yeah. He's the pro telling you sports. Thank you for tuning in to the Schmo Zone. At the Super Bowl, we're out. I was really hoping Max would know the Autumn Wind is a Pirate song. That is true. And because weren't a lot of people singing it during the Hard Knocks when that released over the summer? We Hard, watched it. We watched Hard Knocks. Diehard football fan. I love NFL football. Yeah. Human chess. But it's amazing. That's where I think a lot of fans of yours don't know about is that you covered NFL first, right? That was your yeah. first sport? NFL and the NBA were my first two sports. I forgot which one came first. I think it was NFL. Then who was your first guest like, or interview as the schmo? Um, ooh, that's a, that's a great question, Helen. Um, there were two. Um, I went to Rick Neusheisel's house, the head football coach of UCLA, the former one, the broadcaster for CBS, I went to his house in Manhattan Beach. He played the guitar. Cannot sing. I'm not musically gifted. Hey, but I, I can't dance. I interviewed him as the schmo there. And studio um, that I built at my old job, um, it was um, <laughs> it was Jerry Harrison Jr., the baseball player, the Major League oh, Baseball oh. player. Yeah. Because I, I know how much you talk about and then your I, love for Bill Walton. Then I, Bill Walton was a great guest. Terrell Owens, the Hall of Famer. T.O., great relationship with him. He was a, or he was the second guest I brought in at that time. But, no, I love football, but and I can't wait for the Raiders to be back here. Yeah, and the NFL draft. They're doing that on the Bellagio uh It's going to be amazing. It's going to be absolutely amazing. That'll be fun to watch. Yeah. Um, I can't wait. And tomorrow uh, we are leaving for Houston. We are. UFC 247. John Bones Jones against Dominic Reyes. Yeah. I'm excited. It's going to be a great fight. And we'll cover it. I'll be the schmo covering it. I know this is myself talking, but, uh, you know, yeah, the so schmo will be covering that. We have our flight and then connecting flights. Two flights. Well, connecting flight. Yeah. When you say that. At no, least it's I, in I'm the just, same state. No, I don't care. I know last time we went to Houston, yeah, it was Houston last year. It was connecting flights, but I'm just happy it's not a red eye. Well, at least the red eyes have been direct flights. Well, yeah, but at least our sleep won't be affected. Helen, is this your subtle way of calling for a airline advertisement for this podcast? I think we do need one. I mean, mm. if you are an airline... Mm. You know where to find us. I'm just saying. We are open for business. Yes. So what do you think of uh, hashing this out? We're almost at it now for almost an yeah, hour. Yeah, I mean, for those tuning into our first one, I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, wow, this is what the schmo sounds like. And his name's Dave. What the heck? Yeah, and I think this is kind of a decent amount of time talking, about an hour, give or take, yeah, talking I mean, to each other. Yeah, hopefully it gave people a bit behind the scenes of not only a bit more about us, but also the interviews and kind of what goes on beforehand, what's going on in our minds, yeah. right? And just so everyone knows, too, like, can't reiterate it enough, we've built our own connections. Like, you know, it's yes. just by being there. And it's like no one hands us these interviews. It's like, shoot, if we want to interview someone, like, man, just I would have, I'd love to interview Conor McGregor, but everyone acts like, oh, just get Conor McGregor. I, there's so much, so much politics involved, but I will get, get at Conor McGregor. I will interview him. You will too. 
Yeah, but anyway, so make sure you stay tuned. We appreciate everyone for listening. I mean, the, this is us, but every week it'll be um, kind of like a surprise. Like you won't really know what to expect. Keeping you all on your toes. Yes. Let's wrap this up. She's Helen E. Sports. I'm Dave Schmolenson, a.k.a. Yeah. The Schmo. This is The Schmo Zone. We're out. One, two, three. <laughs>